Namaste, howlers, and welcome to another episode of Chip and Andy's Doubt, Joe. I am Chip. He's Andy. Andy, how you doing tonight? Namaste. Namaste. Uh, so, what have you been up to, Andy? Anything Marvel? Uh, Anything marvelous? Nothing too much. I, I did. Uh, I was just saying to you before we came on there. I did finish watching Defenders. Okay, yeah, I'm close. Which we'll we'll not spoil here or anything like that, but I I did thoroughly enjoy it and highly recommend it to anybody, especially if you've been watching uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, um, well, like you said, we will get into it uh, sooner or later, Um, but uh, it's it's one of the better series. Mm, Yep. And I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying the storyline, and uh, if you're sticking around for this podcast, just wait for our uh, Defenders podcast. <laughs> because, uh, like we said last week, we've hit we've hit the high point in uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill from here. It's downhill. all downhill from here. So. To be fair, this episode wasn't as bad as I remembered it. The one we were no, to talk about. It was all right. So, um, I'm trying to think. There was some Marvel-related thing I had this week, and I just, for the life of me, can't remember it now. I did check mm-hmm. the movie theater, and there's plenty of seats left for uh, Inhumans uh, next Saturday. Plenty. <laughs> there was there was one seat bought. <laughs> one seat. Okay. One. <laughs> you should book the seat next to that one person and just be like, "Hey, how are you?" No, just put the, the ones in front of them and wear a big hat. Like, are you that big a fan of the Inhumans that you had to come by yourself? No one would come with you? Like, what? Well, I I think it might be Pee Wee Herman because it's the seat all the way in the back. All oh, right, okay. Against the wall. Well, that means it's probably an employee of the, uh, of the cinema. That's what it'll be. Could be. So, but yeah, I was looking... Or, or... Or some, like, creepy dude who just wants yeah. to sit in the back and do his thing in the dark. Well, like I said, it's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> is that a reference that's lost on you? No, I, I don't uh, have Pee Wee Herman. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the hell Marvel thing I had this week. It'll probably come to me either in the middle of the show or as soon as we finish recording. So, but, uh, yeah, really digging Defenders, looking forward to, uh, I'm, I'm on episode six, so I think we'll finish it either, uh, Monday or Tuesday night, and then, um, this all depends on what time my wife goes to bed, yeah, mm. and she, she's been working late, so, uh, we, we have very limited, te- uh, TV time together. Mm. I think we blasted through it in, like, three sentences. So we watched the first two, the first night, and then uh, the next three, or f- yeah, the next three, and then the next three. In two two seconds. I, I would say um, if you if you're going in to watch it, make sure you watch the first two episodes. Yeah, I can see that. I I, th- I think we were doing like one a day almost, and then we mm. uh, then you know life got in the way and. <laughs> We haven't been able to 
watch as many. Maybe we did two uh, together, but that's about it. So, hmm. uh, Andy, we got any uh, Marvel news we wanted to cover tonight? A few bits and pieces, yeah. Um, there, there was one piece of news about Defenders that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Which was Netflix has like released some information about the viewing habits of Defenders, mm-hmm. which I thought was a bit, a bit weird, um, because typically they don't really, they don't release any numbers, and there isn't any numbers in this per se, but they're talking about like how popular, not not sorry, not how popular the show is, but like what other shows people have been watching. Mm. Uh, to lead into it and also about like the defenders universe and what other people have been watching in regards to the other the other shows like so the build-up shows to defenders which is a strange thing for them to talk about for one (laughs) rather than them go like because i mean a lot of time when when big things like this happen like companies will come out and they'll start trumpeting oh like we've sold x amount of uh, ps4s within the launch period like that sort of thing or like so many millions of people have watched Game of Thrones within the first week of the new episode airing, and Walking Dead, and similar things like that. But Netflix want to tell us what other people, what these people have been watching before they watch Defenders, which I thought was a bit weird, but mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting nonetheless. So uh, apparently, the majority of Netflix subscribers start watching Jessica Jones instead of following the launch order. <laughs> So, because I mean, I would have, I would have completely thought that people jumping in, like subscribing to Netflix for the first time, would watch Daredevil first. But that's not the case. <laughs> now, obviously, this doesn't take into account that people might watch Daredevil elsewhere. It is out on Blu-ray and DVD and whatnot. Oh no, it's actually not on DVD, but it's out on Blu-ray. So you could, you could have potentially bought the Blu-rays, or you could watch it through illicit means. Yeah. So they're not taking that into account, obviously, but uh, the majority of subscribers do start with Jessica Jones. Uh, the, and uh, apparently the top lead-in programs for Luke Cage were uh, Narcos, Black Mirror, and The Walking Dead. Okay. Which, I'm curious, I don't know, like, they don't give any information beyond, like, what they present to us in this, <laughs> in this, like, Netflix blurb, essentially. But, for example, The Walking Dead, not on Netflix over here. So, you know, is that kind of skewed by, like, uh, by uh, other uh, territories? Or is this only America? Or is it, like, what does this information cover? Is it the whole of Netflix, the whole world? I don't know. Um, but uh, I've never seen Narcos, but Black Mirror's a, a great show. Uh the top lead-in program for uh, Iron Fist is a Dave Chappelle comedy special. That's so weird. <laughs> Which I don't. I, I mean, I don't know Dave Chappelle. Like, is he, he's a comedian? Yeah, I take it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Does he tell jokes about like kung fu or anything? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I you so, know. So that's, I, I'm not a bit. I'm not somebody who follows the comedians that close or no. watches comedy specials. I think he started with uh, "In Living Color," but mm. I could be wrong with that too. But yeah, I don't know. But but is, so that that doesn't really line up, does it? Because mm. I mean, like Narcos, Black Mirror, Walking Dead. You can see how that kind of ties mm. into Luke Cage because they're 
like they're they're not similar shows, but you can see that people that would be interested in those shows would be interested in Luke Cage. I mean, Narcos is about drugs, and Luke Cage has a lot of like shady business drug dealing stuff going on in it. Mm-hmm. And Black Mirror's just like <laughs> all kinds of weird and and wonderful stuff happening in it. Um, and Luke Cage obviously has that as well. And The Walking Dead is it's The Walking Dead. You know, it's a comic book show, so fits in perfect Luke Cage. But yeah, Dave Chappelle comedy special for Iron Fist. I don't really see how that fits at all. <laughs> There's not even very much comedy in Iron Fist like at all. Other than the laughable uh, performance supplied by uh, Iron Douche. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. Uh, I did read about an art, read an article, um, which was an interview with him this week, where uh, he was talking about how people were saying that the fights in Iron Fist were not particularly good, and. Apparently, a lot of that has to do with that uh, Finn Jones didn't have a lot of preparation time mm-hmm. for the for the show, so like he wasn't he wasn't able to get fully trained up on like uh, the style of fighting that he was supposed to be doing and whatnot. So that's why apparently, well, that's apparently why the fights in Iron Fist aren't as good as what like he is in the Defenders because he's, he's he's fighting in the Defenders is much better, and he says that he's got like he's just started training now for. Uh, Iron Fist season two, and that's like four or five months out, so he's got much more prep time to mm-hmm. get set up for for that. So that's that's good, but it sounds a bit like he's making excuses for himself. Well, I I had seen something along the same uh, length wavelengths, and I can't find it now to save myself. But I guess Playboy did uh, <laughs> uh, an article on Playboy, Defenders. Okay. And it, I, I read it over there on CB, one of the comic book uh, sites. Um, I'm trying to see. No, it's, it, it wasn't a comic book movie. Um, so maybe it was uh, CBG. Uh, that, you know, people liked Daredevil. They still hate Iron Fist the most and found him to be the most annoying character. Um but then it also and it, and it also went into the fact that uh, uh, Finn did not have enough time to train for, or allegedly didn't have enough time to to train uh, for for the series. Um, what do I read? That you know, it's all stats, it's all data, it's all analytics. You know, uh, I keep. Uh, you know, it's interesting, and all that stuff can always be spun however they want. So, mm. you know, I always take all that stuff with a grain of salt. Yeah, especially because I mean, it's, all, these shows are specifically on Netflix, and it's mm. Netflix that's presenting this information in a favorable light to itself. I mean, they're not going to go, "Oh, yeah, this show that we funded was shit." Like this, the viewer figures are crap for it. That's but um, but just to just to finish off on on this one, um, Netflix has a thing like called taste communities, and they've, they've got over two thousand of these worldwide. And basically, it, it determines what gets recommended to its subscribers based on what group they're in. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like Luke Cage gets recommended to people that watch Stranger Things and and Easy. I don't know what Easy is. Um, Iron Fist. It's recommended to people that watch Grace and Frankie and 13 Reasons Why in the 100. Okay. 
I don't know what the hell Grace and Frankie is, but it, I'm sure it's a comedy show. Like no. I've, 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 it's about two old women. I want to say. <laughs> and it's some sort of comedy show. I've seen a trailer for it, and like as I'm sure it was a Netflix original, and I just I passed on it. But but yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't really get that. I see, I can see the 100. Like there's a lot of fighting and stuff in that. Like that's that's quite a good show. Uh, and Jessica Jones has uh, Master of None and Orange Is the New Black. And I haven't seen Master of None, but I, I can see Orange Is the New Black. Kind of okay. makes sense. Mm. Uh, it's a, a show with strong female leads. Yep. And, and very, like, very high, highly rated as well. And, uh, very, very good show, actually. Um, and Daredevils includes Friends, Bloodline, and Breaking Bad. All right. I don't know about Friends, like, I don't know how that mm. ties in, but Bloodline and Breaking Bad makes sense. And I don't think Friends is even on Netflix over here, so... I didn't even know. I mean, I have no reason to watch Friends ever again, so. Well, you never had any reason to watch in the first place. It's a <laughs> pile of trash garbage that's massively overrated, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anyway. Um, it, I grew up in the day. 90s. That was what everybody watched. I know, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of episodes of Friends, mm-hmm. and I would never ever choose to watch another episode of it ever again. I have this argument on a, on a regular basis with with the wife because she she still likes to watch Friends. I'm like, no, I'll never watch this. <laughs> um, okay, um, but yeah. So basically, what they're doing with there that was the uh, sorry with Defenders is that they're because they're pairing up these four shows, they're not quite sure exactly how it's going to pan out, and this is them sort of experimenting with crossing over shows. So I mean, it's possible they might do it with some of their own shows later on down the line because it's the first time it's happened really so they'll be looking at they said they'll be looking at the uh analytics to see how it all plays out and if it creates bu- uh, boosts for the other shows as part of this which i think it will because i think you'll get a lot of people that might have watched daredevil and now will watch defenders and then i'll go oh actually i quite like that character i'll go and watch their show that sort of thing um, so, but in terms of uh, direct color correlation between the shows, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones uh, most often lead into one another, whilst uh, people who watch Luke Cage and who haven't seen Jessica Jones or Daredevil are more likely to jump into Iron Fist next. But again, I think that makes sense because uh, because of the release order. I think people who watch Luke Cage and finish it and enjoy it are like, okay, well, what's the next thing? It's Iron Fist. And these people might already have seen, like I mentioned, Daredevil and Jessica Jones through Blu-rays or illicit means. But yeah. I, think it's, I think it's interesting. Uh, but they, wrote, they also said that only a small percentage of Netflix users have watched all four shows. Yeah, I find that odd. Yeah, I, I, again, I think it is the whole thing of people watching it through illicit means. Because it is so, like, it literally is so easy to just go and download the shows, even not not even long after they come out on Netflix. Like, I could I could go and watch the Defenders on, like, uh, I don't know if you have, you well, you'll probably have it over there as well, Showbox, the the app. Like, I could go and watch Defenders on that. No problem. But I like I have an active Netflix subscription because it is 
phenomenal value for money. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm happy to to pay Netflix the money that uh, like I think it's like seven pound a month or something like that. And and I watch Netflix every day without fail because I've I've got the cord and whatnot. So it represents great value for money for me. Um, mm -hmm. And when they put out content like this, like I will absolutely eat it up. So, but yeah, like other people might not do that. They might not want to pay the money, whatever. Uh, they might watch it through as it means. And then at some point down the line, maybe their circumstances change and they subscribe to Netflix and they then have already seen that show, so they'll watch the next shows that come out. I think I think that's where it's why not everyone has watched like all four shows. Do you know what bugs me about Netflix the most? That I can't see what I've watched on it. You know, like there's no like mm. statistics for Viewing me. I'd love there to be like something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it has like, oh, you, because you watched this, you might like this, or like continue watching that sort of thing. But I would love to like see like some sort of detailed analytical breakdown that Netflix clearly has in the background running uh, of like my stuff that I watched. I don't care about other people's stuff, but like I'd like to know like what my viewing figures are for this sort of stuff. I'd be interested. But like, you have watched Arrested Development four hundred times. What are you doing? <laughs> But yeah, interesting, and I do I do wish they were more open with with things like this and gave you the actual percentage. Like ten percent of Netflix users have watched Daredevil, but only two percent have watched all four shows. That sort of thing, because that's like actual numbers that we can mm -hmm. like discuss in more depth. Anyway, as long as they're making money and it's pulling people pulling in subscribers, you know. I guess I mean I guess that that's the most important thing because we don't have to worry about advertisers here. Mm. I got one article that I found uh, just a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. and this is from Geek Motivation. Never heard of them before, so take it as you see. But uh, <laughs> they are uh, they're alleging that Marvel is hinting that the Punisher may add another hero to the Netflix universe. Mm -hmm. And Marvel held their own panels at Asia Pop Comic Con. And during the Punisher panel, C.B. Sabolsky, the senior vice president of creator and content development at Marvel, surprised the audience, hinting that another Marvel hero may be showing up in the Punisher. He didn't say who it was... And did they did they mean like a, a new Marvel hero or or someone we've met already though? Another another hero. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, you could easily have Daredevil show up, or Iron Fist, or uh, Luke Cage, or Jessica Jones. You could easily have any one of those show up, or Colleen Wing, or even Misty Knight. Um, who you would all be considered to be heroes? So right, another could be any one of those. Well, they I don't know. They're kind of taking it that uh, another Marvel here. They're thinking it could be Daredevil because Daredevil's stunt double is in does list uh, the Punisher in his IMDb credits. Okay, <laughs> and then they start thinking that it could be a new character, uh, a new. Netflix MCU character altogether. 
that'd be cool. Well, I mean, with with the with the uh, Daredevil Thunderbolt guy, that could be like a flashback as well, though. Yeah, and Daredevil could show up for a little bit yeah. in that. I mean, although he hasn't crossed over to any of the other shows yet. Yeah, we've we've had all of Daredevil's uh, co-stars and supporting characters show up from time to time, but Daredevil hasn't actually shown up in a different series. Um, then th- th- you know, then they're thinking, well, maybe it's an entirely new uh, character um, because they say the show the Punisher is supposed to heavily incorporate military elements in the plot, so maybe somebody like Mark Spector shows up. It's uh, Moon Knight, yeah. 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 And then then they go off the rails and say, what about Ghost Rider and not uh, uh, Reyes? They're t- saying Johnny Blaze. Well, we've seen Johnny Blaze already. Yeah, he was there too. but uh, And getting Norman Reedus to play him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're going a, I think they're going a little off the reservation there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, actually, uh, comic book, Mar- uh, what is it? Uh, comicbook.com is, has the same thing. Who, who do you think it would be if they were to introduce someone else? Like a new hero, an, another hero into it? Uh, I would hope, I, I mean, my hope is Moon Knight and Moon Knight gets his own show. Hmm. Um, I'm just trying. I'm just taking a look at this. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people are guessing Moon Knight, and you know we keep hearing rumors of a possible Moon Knight show uh, somewhere, someday, somehow. Um. And that would that would be a real nice fit mm. for the for the Marvel Netflix universe. I would guess. Uh, I would guess Blade. Mm. Like I think Blade would work quite quite well with the Punisher because it could be the same thing of like the way that uh, Matt had to deal with, uh, or Daredevil had to deal with the Punisher. And seen to a daredevil, where although he did agree with him on certain things, he like obviously disagreed with him on like his killing everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then fought to bring him down, and then eventually kind of had to team up with him a little bit. Um, now I think you could have a similar thing with Punisher and Blade. Mm. Where he where he could sort of start out as a start out as a villain, and then. Punisher will come around to his sort of idea of things. Being a vampire, being a vampire is good. Yay! <laughs> I and, like. I mean, Blade, Blade's really out to kill vampires at the end of the day. Yeah, and I don't think uh, Punisher would have any uh, problems killing vampires. Yeah, he would be totally cool with that. But on but on on paper, like it could look like. For example, Blade could be out killing like quote unquote innocent people. that are actually vampires, and he could start hunting them down and then end up teaming up with them, which I think would be awesome. 
uh, although they, I mean they did release the first trailer for it and it was it was very like you say very military based. Mm-hmm. So me, I mean, I, I don't know. There's not too many like military type Marvel heroes kicking about. I'm trying to remember the name of one because there was one in Avengers: The Initiative who was an army guy. Well, you know, the ones that are coming to mind right off the top of my head are Nick Fury, uh, Captain America, and Bucky. Um, well, well, yeah, yeah obviously the ones, but they're already around, so. Um, yeah, I... U.S. agent? Has he been yeah, around I mean, at all? He's really like Captain America. And I mean, it's kind of thought that uh, Cap might go into that sort of role at some point, like the sort of U.S. agent nomad type role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be very happy. I mean, uh, I, think, I think the Punisher could be a great backdoor uh, pilot for... Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be totally down with, with it being Moon Knight as well. It's a little weird, that... though, because Moon Knight does have a sense of mysticism to it, which mm-hmm. really doesn't mesh well with Punisher. Because mm-hmm. you get into the uh, Asian... Or not Asian. Um, uh, Egyptian mythology. Middle Eastern... Uh, mythology with the fist of Khonshu and stuff like that but that could be something that they could wait to explore on uh on in his own show hmm. uh, gauntlet was the one that i was thinking of okay who was in avengers the initiative who basically his ability was that his uh, right hand controlled a large robotic gauntlet which allowed for the uh, projection of an energy hand hmm. he was like a he was an army guy before he was like a superhero. Obscure character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that that's you know Z list. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I I like him though. He's he's cool. If uh, if you've ever read that that series. So. All right. Shall we get into this week's episode? Yeah, I don't think there was any other news that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm not seeing anything. So this week we are doing episode 7, which is called what, Andy? This episode was called... Let me scroll up here. Uh, Felling Tree with Roots. Alrighty. <laughs> which, I mean... What a bad title for an episode. I mean, it's, it's kind of English, for one, and uh, yeah... Not the best, uh, best title. I, I'm sure it kind of pertains to something, maybe, but it's so vague, it's just nonsense. Although, again, still, these titles are all better than all of the Luke Cage episode titles. Anyway, um, so this episode kicks off, and we see uh, Harold sleeping in his glass coffin, as he, as he is wont to do. Uh, the hand rudely awakens him, and they are pissed off that he didn't tell them. That Danny's the Iron Fist. And he kind of pleads like, oh, I didn't know. 
Like, what's the Iron Fist? I don't know what that is. I don't know anything about him. Uh, and uh, they do say that uh, Madame Gao can forgive his uh, foolishness, but not without punishment. And Harold swears in the lives of his kids that he has nothing to do with Danny Rand. And of course, at this point, cue Danny Rand <laughs> showing up to his uh, his penthouse. Uh, and Danny comes in and says, oh, Harold, uh, we've got a problem. And yeah, we do, because he shouldn't be there. Now, at this point, Harold grabs uh, a knife off the table and stabs one of the guys, uh, killing him, and, and Danny ends up fighting the other one. And he eventually kind of, like, knocks him back towards Harold, and Harold slits his throat as, like, he, he just kills people that are in his way. So that's what he does. Uh, Harold also reveals that uh, he didn't know that Wendell, uh, Danny's dad, knew Madame Gow. And and he basically tells Danny that he's going to make the these two bodies disappear. Um, however, before he does this, he cuts off his own finger so that it looks like these two guys did their job before they left and and went on to disappear. So the hand isn't suspicious of him having killed them. But I mean, that's the first thing you would do. You would look, oh, where's the last place we sent them? It was here. Okay, they chopped off his finger and now they're disappeared. So the first thing that sprang to my mind is that, okay, well, he got pissed off that they chopped off his finger and he killed them. Which is backwards to what happened, but, you know... <laughs> Not the, I mean, the the hand could figure this out in about a split second. Uh, meanwhile, we see Joy berating Ward for his uh, drug using and uh, and not telling her what's going on. And Harold, in amongst this, calls Ward to help him deal with the bodies. Because of course, Ward would be the guy you would call to dispose of bodies. <laughs> I wouldn't call him. Not after his reaction with the, with the head uh, <laughs> a couple of episodes ago. Now, we then see uh, Colleen tending Danny's wounds, and she even pretends to kind of, like, mess this up as a bit of a joke, which, which I thought was pretty funny, but Danny, Danny doesn't like it. Like, he doesn't see the funny side of this. Uh, it's revealed that um, Matt... Well, we know that Danny had fought Madame Gow in the last, or well, confronted with Madame Gow in the last episode. And uh, Colin thinks it's interesting that she calls herself Madame and not Mrs. Gow or Linda Gow. Uh, I think I think it's funny to think that this woman's name might be Linda. I don't think we've ever found out what her first name is. It's but, uh, Madame. I would, uh, yeah, I would hazard the guess <laughs> that it's not Linda. <laughs> Linda Gow! Linda Gow from payroll! Yep, Linda's Linda's working HR and nowhere yep. else. Not not for secret. Actually, <laughs> secret, she looks like uh, the lunch lady. Job. Yeah, she's yeah, working the cafeteria. Linda Gow, <laughs> the lunch lady. No, Linda works in HR. All Linda's working HR. <laughs> what was that? In? It was uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt had that episode that was all about that. <laughs> okay. Very funny, um, but yeah, so. And, and Colleen says that, oh, Madame Gow sounds like she runs the best little whorehouse House. in hand. Yep. <laughs> she also poses an interesting question, like, what if Madame Gow was lying about knowing Wendell? 
because she didn't give Danny any information. She was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I knew your father and he was like stubborn, basically. And Danny's like, oh, okay. And doesn't get any more information than that. So maybe she might have been lying just to get inside his head. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and at this point, Colleen pulls out some booze, which is, I think is either vodka or sake. It's not clear. Um, I think it was she, vodka. She's at, yeah. She's, she's had a tough week, so she needs to drink. And Danny must join her because well, there's no one else there. And she hates drinking alone. And, and Danny tells an interesting story about uh, this guy, Brother Guau, who used to make wine out of plums, which he and uh, his friend Davos would steal and refill the, the pots with water. I'm sure we've all been there as teenagers. <laughs> You know, I thought, <laughs> I, I thought it was so funny though. Like he's doing this with wine, plum wine, and like to these monks. We uh, did it with my the, parents' in, booze down in Madison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like I, I would, I've done the same. Like with, uh, I think it was it was vodka I used to do it with because mm-hmm. my mom dad didn't ever drink vodka, and it was only there for like people to drink at Christmas time. So I just used to do it with that, and occasionally I would replace it. No. My 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 mom. Uh, I don't know. She found out years later. She goes. I always wondered why nobody ever got drunk at our parties. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were doing them a service, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taking, <things in> control. <laughs> Taking one for the team. <laughs> exactly. But but yeah. So th- this is another mention of uh, of Davos, who in the in the comic books is the Steel Serpent, who's kind of one of uh, Iron Fist's sort of nemesis. So th- I think that this is maybe the second or third time we've had him mentioned in, yes. in the series so far. So uh, we haven't seen any flashbacks or anything like that of him, which I was kind of surprised about because we've seen flashbacks of uh, Danny with the monks and the plane crash and all that, but mm-hmm. not none of because I would have liked to see this, like him and Davos just getting drunk on this plum wine. That would I think that would have been funny. But uh, Colleen asks him for another. Tell me another, Danny. That was a good story. She's and trying to loosen him up, and he's just yeah, he's failing, oblivious. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she asks him about his tattoo, and he's like, "Oh, it's not a tattoo." She's like, "Okay, very good." <laughs> uh, he says, "Oh, it's the mark of the Iron Fist." I'm like, what does that even mean, Danny? It's a fucking tattoo. Like, you've got a big tattoo of a dragon on your chest it's a tattoo it doesn't like matter if it's a mark of whatever it's still a tattoo yeah i was gonna say uh, what it, it, you know i was waiting for to find out that it was branded on him or something horrific like that yeah, yeah well but i mean it, it begs the question like mm. if it's not a tattoo like if he quote-unquote loses the power of the iron, iron fist for whatever reason like does the tattoo go away um, i don't know I don't know. I mean, and I can't, I can't remember in the comics if, like, I've ever read of this happening, but I'm sure it has. That where he's probably not been the Iron Fist at some point, and does he have the tattoo or not? You can, you can tweet at us and tell us. All, all, all the big Iron Fist fans from the comics. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know honestly. I've not read enough uh, Iron Fist and that, that to see that happen. Yeah, like I said, my main uh, exposure to. Uh, Danny Rand was the Power Man in Iron Fist series. 
which is 100% where they should go with Iron Fist Season 2, but <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a discussion for a, probably the Defenders show <laughs> and the end of this one. Um, but yeah, so he explains that what the Iron Fist, the mark of the Iron Fist is, and he says it's, oh, it's a unique force, um, and it's for the protection of Kunlun, and only one student from the monastery is, uh, is selected to wield, well, not selected to wield it, but it's kind of passed down through the generations, and he essentially earned the right to wield this power. Uh, it lets him focus his chi, and it gives him enhanced strength, and makes his hand glow, which we already knew all this shit. So I don't understand why he's like, retelling of this because she knows this already as well like, yeah i thought so too i mean we've <laughs> already had this discussion yeah i know i'm like okay like why are you telling her this again like is this your only like pickup lane danny <laughs> my hand glows cool cool story bro like yeah tell me another one like uh, my hand glows well, well okay, then she right. th then she goes then she says can you can can you make your hand glow for me and he goes no <laughs> Like, ah, shit. <laughs> I already used my party trick. Um, but anyway, she uh, she still wants him to stay over. Yeah. Um, and he's like, no, no, I've got a business meeting. I have to get up early in the morning. She's like, no, I want you to stay. Uh, and, and they bang, mm. as they do. <laughs> I mean, uh, Danny's obviously, he's not had too much experience of this. Zero! That he, yeah. Zero. I mean, it's implied. Is implied, yeah. Zero, but he doesn't outright say that, like she's his first or whatever. But from from what he says, like in the morning, I would I would probably assume, yeah, that this is the first time he's ever banged anyone. But but anyway, they, like they, they see where they were while they were banging, right? Some really really bad softcore porno music going on, <laughs> like like eighties Emmanuel bad, like that sort of style. I was like, oh, this is. It makes it really cringy when you're watching it. You're like, no, this is like, this is like Daredevil rain kiss moment again. Oh, go away. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what's funnier. You you describing the music or just admitting that you used to watch Emmanuel? <laughs> <laughs> Channel 5 late night, so we're here. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um... We then see Wald get into the penthouse to find Harold mashing up the faces of the the hand guys with a hammer. <laughs> this this <laughs> was just it was, the, it was just so. And and Harold's face is just uh, perfect. What it is, the he's like... fuck is going on? <laughs> he's just like <laughs> he walks in and it's uh hey dad. And then he, dad's smashing people's face, smashing <laughs> corpses' faces with a hammer. You know, I thought his reaction was absolutely <laughs> on point. Because see if I walked, like, like my dad's got, like, a, a garage at his house, right? See if I walked into that garage and, like, saw my dad sitting there, like, lying on the floor, like, hammering people's faces with a hammer, I would have the exact same face. It's yeah. like what he has here. But, like, uh, what the fuck is happening? That's how big of a shock this is. Even though his dad is like secretive and dodgy and like weird as fuck, um, he's never quite gone to like this level. <laughs> he's just like absolutely off the chain here. But but yeah, he's just smashing these guys' head heads in with a hammer. And I mean, he's like Harold is showing zero emotion towards it as well. He's just like, yeah, this is what I this is what I gotta do. Smash these faces in. Cool. Do you want a shot? No. Okay. Cool. I'll just keep going. 
<laughs> Such a weird interaction to have. Ward's world is just spiraling out of control at this point. Hundred percent, and I mean that in this whole in this episode, it goes from like bad to to bad shit. Yeah, um, but yeah, so basically, Harold has called Ward there to dispose of the bodies. He's like, "That's not what I do." He's like, and Harold's like, "Yes, it is." He's like, "Okay." Um, and Harold, essentially what Harold's doing with the hammer is he's, re- he's removing the guy's teeth so that they can't be easily identified, which is a fair tactic for a murderer, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we then get to see Ward comically putting these two bodies into his car all by himself in this parking garage. Now, the one thing that, the one question I had with this here is somebody must have seen this. Yeah, surveillance, I, I thought yeah. the same thing. Because it's like, I mean, it's not a public like parking like parking facility, but there's plenty of other people who like park park there. I mean, we see other cars in the background. There's plenty of people that live in that building, and it's not well, like it is two in the morning. Well, well, yeah, but but yeah, like you say, there must be CCTV, mm-hmm. like probably man- mandatory these sort of things, so that people can't get away with dodgy fucking shit like this. But but seeing but this one guy dragging these two heavy bodies. Like presumably at least down some stairs, you, you could use the elevator for a part of it for sure. But you would have to get into the like into the parking garage and then drag the body to the car because like well the, the entrance is maybe maybe that hallway is doesn't have anything because I think uh, Harold ho- ho- owns the whole floor, so maybe mm. there isn't a camera there. Mm. But in the in the elevator. It's. I don't think it's a private elevator. Well, remember, it is a secret elevator. The first one that that he would go down from the penthouse to the the secret entrance. That would that would be private. So there would presumably be no cameras or anything like that in there. So he'd be okay up to that point. But as yeah. soon as he leaves there, he's in the main hotel, which is public CCTV. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be people wandering about there at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a bit of a leap of faith to expect this guy to drag two fucking bodies down from there to the parking garage and get them onto his car without anybody noticing on either the cameras or just like wandering past and seeing him being like, oh, cool. mm-hmm. there's a dude dragging a body. Sweet. And and there's no way he could drag the two bodies at once, so he's had to make two trips to do this. So, so it's an enormous leap of faith to go, okay, well, yeah, he's just managed to get these two bodies down without being noticed somehow. Okay. It, it was kind of an amusing image, though, like, seeing him, like, pulling this body in mm. and, like, the head coming into the car. Um, so, yeah, he's to dispose of these bodies in, in a park. Um, and he kind of starts, like, talking to the bodies as well, which was weird. Uh, and he dumps them into the... He then dumps them into this pond. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the park, but it wasn't, like, Central Park or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I wasn't paying and, that uh, close attention. Yeah, and and after he dumps the bodies in the park, he checks his bank balance on his on his app on his phone, and he's got twenty five million dollars in the bank. So he's cool. Like he's like, okay, I've got my money. I'm happy. Like, how does he have so much money for one? Like that's, I mean, we know he's a rich businessman, but ten, generally you wouldn't have that amount of like cash just sitting in your bank uh, own like private account. Yeah, that's. I- 
There's a lot of capital to be sitting on. Well, if it's your Swiss bank account or offshore bank account, maybe. You know what? But, I mean, it does look like it does look like this is his, like kind of day to day account. Uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to see what bank it was, but it, you know, if he's got a secret account that he's been because as we find out a little later, he's been skimming money off the company for years. It's not going to be in your, you know, your, it's not going to be in your neighborhood bank account. It's probably something like his Cayman Island or Swiss bank account or, you know, something uh, the government, the regulators, nobody knows about. Hmm. It, and we'll get, we'll get into that a wee bit more in, in a minute. Hmm. Uh, um, so the next morning with Danny and Colleen, uh, she says that he doesn't have to wear his cloak of bravado with her. He can just wander about naked. It's fine. She doesn't mind. <laughs> and so then Danny goes into goes into work and he asks the assistant to get all of his dad's files sent to his office. Uh, Joy appears at this point and gives Danny the statement that the, the CIR guys have prepared for him to read to the board. However, in amongst this exchange, Madame Gow just suddenly comes to visit Danny at mm -hmm. work. As you do. And he's mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? Why are you here? And uh, how did you get in here? Like, <laughs> what's happening? Um, so she just walks straight into his office, like, straight past his assistant and everything. Like, okay. Fair enough. You can do do that if, you, if you're this madam guy lady. Mm -hmm. um, and she does say that his office has terrible feng shui. And she... Uh, now, I, don't, I didn't notice if she brought this plant or if, uh, if she just moved it from somewhere. I think she brought it. She brought it, okay. Well, do you know the first thing I would do since she left? Chuck that fucking shit in the bin, not out the window. Well, you're in a skyscraper, so not out the window, but okay. Well, it's a dramatic uh, gesture. <laughs> it would get rid of it. <laughs> Throw it down the elevator shaft. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she mentions that she's been in, in Rand a long time. And also that the other Iron Fists that she had met would never back down from a grand duel to save one girl. So she's met more than one Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. It's worth, worth noting that. Now, we do know, like, she does, she had mentioned that she'd met Wendell before, so he might have been an Iron Fist before. We don't know. It's not really ever made clear. And she also reveals that she's been alive a long time. Uh, most likely using the same trick that she used to help Harold uh, come back to life, I, I would guess. Uh, and she does say, however, that the world is changing, and she mentions the Devil of Hell's Kitchen and the man with unbreakable skin, obviously referenced to Daredevil and Luke Cage. No mention of Jessica Jones, though. No. So Jessica's not on the radar. She's just doing her own thing. I mean, the papers probably did report a little bit on, on Jessica when she stopped Kilgrave. But not as much as like as what happened with uh with Daredevil and with uh, Luke Cage. And her powers are still very um undefined. Mm, and vague and not unexplained. Yeah. Um she does however say that perhaps essentially that the Iron Fist and the Hand don't need to be enemies. Maybe they could be friends. Maybe they could join forces. Which <laughs> is a bit far-fetched. Like, 
for kind of her ideals against Danny's ideals, but okay. Uh, she tells him to stop his war and instead enjoy the spoils of the business, which she is a very big part of and like is involved with making helping Rand make money and whatnot, although through illicit means by uh, by the sounds of it. Um, and he should just go out and enjoy uh, buying a yacht and having nice dinners out with uh, Claire and Colleen. Uh, and Danny kind of gets annoyed when she mentions their their names because he's like, oh, the hand knows about about Colleen. Hmm, I don't like this. Um, at this point, she leaves, and uh, when she goes in the elevator, Danny sees that she has a hand security. Uh, sorry, a, a RAND security. I don't know why I wrote hand. Uh, a RAND security card to access right. the elevator. So that's how she's able to like come and go as she pleases. Essentially, she is an employee of the company. You should just fire her <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> uh, so he wants to know where she's going. And now I don't know why this didn't like. Well, I, I'm not sure how this elevator works, but most elevators you can see what floor they're on. Right. Like it. Like the, there'll be some sort of like display or or something that will tell you what floor the elevator's on, to, so you know like it's on its way to you or it's. Like on its way down, and it will then it'll come back up. So he could have just waited and checked that, but no, he decides instead to like break the doors and open them, and then uh, follow her down using the uh, the iron fist to slide down the elevator cable. <laughs> yeah. Which, so eventually, so eventually the elevator stops, and uh, he's landed on top of it, and uh, it stopped on the thirteenth floor. Um. And he uh, he goes in and ha- has a look around. Okay, so uh, here's the thing uh, about American buildings. Mm-hmm. A lot of American buildings don't have a 13th floor. Yeah, so I, I kind of guessed that, but I don't think it was... I, I don't feel that it was made explicitly clear here, and I think it should have been at some point before that there was no 13th floor, or Danny should have said in amongst us that, wait, 13th floor? There isn't a 13th floor. Because I don't I really don't think that was made clear. I mean, they don't do it much anymore, but, I mean, a lot of older buildings would skip. They'd go from 12 to 14. Mm. I mean, that's just, like, people consider the number 13 to be unlucky. Mm-hmm. Which, it's not really, it's not any different from any other fucking number. All right, we're not getting into lucky. logistics and superstition. Well, 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 yeah, but you could you could consider any number to be lucky or unlucky. Like people always say, like number seven is lucky. It's not statistically any more lucky than any other number. Same with thirteen. Just be a buzzkill, Andy. Ruin ru- yeah. ruin ru- ru- <laughs> all our uh, myths and superstitions. <laughs> but for the purposes of this, it uh, it is. It seems like they didn't have a 13th floor, but there actually was one there, which begs the question is how the fuck did no one notice this before? <laughs> like, no one's counted the, the windows on the building? Because this floor has windows. <laughs> yeah, you know... I, I mean, who's going to sit there and uh, cross-reference the number of floors with uh, the elevator buttons? Well, they wouldn't necessarily cross-reference it with the elevator buttons, but there would be like a a plan for the building, and it would have like the number of floors listed on it. And you can guarantee the tax man would be charging you extra money if you've got an extra floor there. 
So the tax man would would know about this. They would have noticed. You would like to think. All right, we're 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 way over analyzing <laughs> this. But, but anyway, I, I feel they should have mentioned like this piece of information, like oh, they they've skipped the thirteenth floor at some point in the show, which they absolutely have not, because it's kind of unclear why this is a big deal. But there right, is a thirteenth floor when there shouldn't be. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Wald is kind of like looking. Public at the officials can be bribed, you know. Well, that's very true, and the hand is very involved in all that sort of shit. So that that's that's very possible, or in fact, very likely. Um, but yeah, Ward's kind of looking into planning and is like either a getaway for himself or probably just leaving, <laughs> not coming back. If he's got twenty-five million, he doesn't really need to work anymore. Like he can just go away and live in some island paradise somewhere. Uh, I hear Tahiti's a magical place. Um, but Joy, however, wants him to go to rehab, Buzzkill, um, and he says that this is probably a good idea. Uh, he's just kind of playing along with this thing because he's planning. He's essentially planning to leave. Uh, now, back on the thirteenth floor, one of the, the heroin hostess ladies uh, tells Madame Gow that the uh, the Russians will carry their product, and the dogs of hell will use ran trucks to deliver the heroin south. Now, do you remember the dogs of hell, chap? Yep. Yep, they've been in everything. Pretty well, much. Well, they've been in the TV shows anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were the biker gang for, that we saw previously in Agents of Shield uh, during the Sith episode, and Laure- when uh, Lorelai kind of took yep. them over, and they were also featured in Daredevil as well. And there was a, a big shootout with them and uh, Punisher and Daredevil and whatnot. And Foggy went to their uh, sort of mm-hmm. headquarters as well. Or that, that certainly that branch's headquarters. Because obviously there's different chapters of these biker gangs. But presumably this is the same one as that we saw in Daredevil. Yeah, all but right. Anyway, interesting, interesting reference. I, I like it when they have this sort of world-building stuff mm-hmm. in there. Because they could have used they could have used any like random company name or like random biker gang name. So it's nice that they have this kind of uh, consistency across mm-hmm. the shows. These This world-building stuff. Uh, she also says that the hatchet men won't be a problem much longer. Essentially, she's planning on just taking them out. Um, and she does say that she wants the office to be brighter. So the uh, the heroin hostess lady will put in an order for some lamps. Which, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, why that they made they even put that in there. Like, oh, this is, this is too dark. Order lamps. Okay, I'll order lamps. That was uh, a great piece of <laughs> piece of dialogue interchange. Um, Danny kind of hides in one of the other offices as Gow leaves, and when when she's gone, he goes in and confronts the heroin hostess lady. And and she 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 has probably the best line of the episode, where she says, "Mr. Rand, I've a mind to report you to HR." <laughs> so he kind of like pins her against the desk, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to report you to HR." Like, what? <laughs> It was but, a good uh, line. But he, he basically tells her to give him her password and then leave so that he can find the hand and deal with them. Because she is, uh, he, he can sense that she's kind of, she's afraid uh, of the of the hand. She's, maybe they have something on her. Maybe they've kidnapped one of her family. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that that would necessarily be the case. But she's certainly afraid of the people she's working for. Um and because Danny's kind of like about to like almost break her arm, and she's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. go go on, just break my arm." And you're like, "Well, 
but he's like, no, no, because you can sense that she feels them. So basically, just tells her to leave once she's given on the password. Uh, now we then see probably the most interesting scene of this episode, and the one that raises the most questions. Uh, Colleen gets a visit from an old friend. Uh, his name is Bakudo, or Bakuto, Bakudo. Bakudo, yeah. Bakudo, um, and she she basically goes into quite a lot of detail about uh, about Danny and tells him uh, tells Bakudo about Danny being the Iron Fist and whatnot, and it's it's quite obvious to Bakudo that they're in they're in like a relationship of some sort. Um, and and he says, "Oh, are you trying to make me jealous?" And I'm like, "What's the deal here? Are these like, is he like her former lover, or like is he like her best friend, or her father mm. figure, or what's the deal here? Like, it's very a very sort of vague, confusing situation." However, he tells her to keep doing as she is, and then he'll be in touch. What does he mean? Like, is she is she under orders from him? Like, what's the deal here? Like that—that that was a very odd line, odd, odd thing for him to say. If he's just like a friend visiting, you would think that like she's telling him all about these things, these cool things that she's that she's been doing, and she's like in this happy place with her relationship and whatnot. Most friends would be like, "Oh, that's great, cool. I'm doing this, blah blah blah," and you like, but yeah, just keep what you're doing, what you're doing. That's like a weird way to mm-hmm. phrase like being happy for you. So very, very weird. <laughs> A strange interaction and one one that we'll probably come back to in a future episode. Yes. Uh, now, now we then see back at the office the uh, the assistant gets Danny a new shirt because his shirt has got some blood on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know where he, where did he get the blood from? <laughs> like, well, uh, let's see. He, <clears throat> well. He helped Harold the night before. Yeah, where did the blood come from? Well, uh, well, he came into the office like prim and proper, essentially clean-ish, mm-hmm. like wearing his shirt and collar and what whatnot, and seems he, there wasn't any blood then. So what I would assume it was is he, he's possibly bust one of his stitches open. During his time of going down the elevator shaft and uh, and and like threatening that lady, so he must. I think he must have bust one of his stitches open. That's the only thing that makes sense because nobody like stabbed him or hurt him, and he didn't draw blood from that woman or anything. So he must have bust one of his stitches. That's the, the only explanation. Maybe. Um. But yeah. So the assistant has found um, Wendell's uh, files. <laughs> but all all she could find of him within the company was a box with his one ID badge in it. <laughs> like, okay. And yeah, I was like, huh? So he's clearly been scrubbed from the history of the company mm. entirely by someone or some or or by the hand people. Don't know, but uh, but yeah, the the fact that there's only this one ID badge, being like, yeah, this guy worked here once. He's been absolutely scrubbed because in a business like that, you would have thousands upon thousands of documents and paperwork related to him and signed by him and, and all that sort of stuff stored away somewhere. Although they could just be one of these companies that has 
been doing digital files for a long, long, long time, and has been doing everything digitally rather than physical. So that's also possible. But I think somebody scrubbed him. I th- yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I, I find that more plausible. Even in digital, you end up with so much paperwork. Like you probably find this in your job as I do in mine. Even though most of the things we do are digital, there's still paper mm-hmm. and paper everywhere. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't think that it'll be a long time before that that goes away in in business. It's always good to keep a paper backup. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, your hard drives can crash, servers can go down, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so Danny then asks uh, the assistant if she thinks that this is a good company. And she's like, oh, well, it's a good company to work for, but I did lose my dental in the last contract negotiation. He's like, well, that's not really what I mean. Like, is it like a, a essentially what he means is, is this a moral company? Like, mm-hmm. like is it a, a nice company, like, to the outside world? Um, and she's like, well like this whole thing with the with the plant and obviously she's seen the video as well and like she was uh, she tells him that her mother lived on staten island which is where the the plant was and he's like okay let me make some calls <laughs> like, oh, well what's he gonna do here he's got a plan of some sort now he he ends up being late to the the meeting of the board and he's he says it's because he had a problem with the elevator. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no shit. You discovered a whole extra floor and a massive conspiracy in your company. Like, cool. <laughs> Why doesn't he tell the board about this? Like, by the way, guys, did you know there's a floor 13 here? Go, go and see. There's like a heroin factory there. Oh, well, not a factory, but there's a heroin business being run out of it. They will be like, what are you talking about? There isn't. Uh, now, Danny basically... Danny was supposed to go in and read the statement that Joy, that Joy had got the CIR people to prepare for him, but he opts instead to tell the board to temporarily shut down the Staten Island plant, uh, but keep everyone that works there on payroll until they can work this whole thing out to see if the plant is actually causing pollution and causing these uh, these uh, these illnesses. Um, and the board is like, no, we don't want to do that. But Danny's is a step ahead of them already because he's already gone to the press with this information. Um, he's he's spoken to Karen Page at the Bulletin uh, about his plan, and she seems to think that it's going to be the first front page story in the morning. Now, Karen Page, obviously from Daredevil, mm-hmm. was worked with uh, Murdoch and uh, Murdoch and Nelson, or no, sorry, Nelson and Murdoch, um, and as of the end of Daredevil season two, was working at the Bulletin. So. Again, more cool world building. I thought it would have been nice if we got to see Karen in here. Like, if, he, if he'd gone to meet her or whatever. But I suppose he wouldn't necessarily do that because he's never met her before. He would just call call a report and be like, oh, here's the thing. I'll, I'll send you the story. And she's like, okay, cool. Let's do it. I'm sure she's quite happy to have, like, a big, huge story like that just given to her. Yeah, um... I was I was a little disappointed that Karen did not make an appearance, but yeah, scheduling, you know, all that. Even if it just her answering a phone a phone call, though, I think that would have been cool. Mm, budgets, 
And I, you know, the, I think yeah. I think they blew the budget on all the other Netflix shows, so this one was done on the cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So he also uh, he also tells the board to give the assistants their dental plan back. Yeah. As a show of good faith to his assistant for finding that one fucking badge. I'm sure if she dug harder, she could find more. Um, anyway, Danny then goes to visit Harold and shows him the files that he got from the hand heroin hostess. And it's basically everything, uh, all the details and whatnot, and all the facts and figures about the hand synthetic heroin operation. And they've even got a handy map for him so you can pinpoint exactly where the... Uh, the manufacturing plant is. They wouldn't really make this map. There's no fucking way they would make a map like this. No way. That's a, that's a map you would make for like a presentation to like a board or something like that. Like a secretive organization like the hand is never going to make a PowerPoint map like this. Ever. <laughs> the map is ludicrous. It's the most unbelievable thing in the whole show. Hey, they're t- they're taking the drug, they're taking the drug thing to the corporate level. Yeah, no, I get that, but like, you wouldn't make this map. Like, I get all the facts, the the figures and stuff like that. They want to know the profit and loss, blah blah blah, whatever. But they wouldn't make this stupid map because they don't need to present it to like a board of investors. Like, it's it's absolutely mental. Um. Anyway, they Danny discovers that the warehouse at. Uh, there's a warehouse at Brooklyn that they own, and this is most likely where Gary has been making the heroin. Now we then see uh, Darrow, who is uh, one of Colin's students, uh, graduating from the dojo, and he's he's getting a full scholarship to on this special program, mm-hmm. which doesn't tell us where he's going. Like, is he going to Harvard or like uh, Yale? Is that one? Yeah. Yep. Yale, I don't, yep. <laughs> or somewhere like that, or or what? It doesn't tell us like what college or university he's going to, or anything about what he's going to study or anything like that. But yeah, he's graduating and he's leaving. So okay, cool. Um, and Colin says that he's now going to be part of something bigger than himself. I'm like, okay. And she has a, a cool quote here, which is uh, a single arrow is easily broken, but not in a bundle of ten. I'm like okay, that that's mm-hmm. a profound quote, but cool. And oh, Danny the the, the special said. school. Yeah, well, we you, haven't. We, we don't know about that yet. That's a, that's a future. All right, you took you took it's it not to be. Nice episode. Yeah, I know. You took it to be an Ivy League school. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Like like you know how like a like a a football player like graduating hmm. from from like uh, school would get a scholarship to like a, a university that sort of thing. All right. That that's that's what that's what I took it to be. All right. And and she's trying to like, and like it made sense like from watching the show up to this point as well because like she's trying to like keep these kids off the street and uh, and get them to better themselves and whatnot as well by teaching them uh, bushido code and all that sort of stuff. Um. And and it was like okay, well that makes sense like canonically with the storyline like these kids would be encouraged to go like for scholarships and school and whatnot and she would uh, not necessarily sponsor them but like she would. Uh, give them references to the the people that decide these things. So that that's where I thought it was going with that. Like, okay, well he's he's now going on to a better a better life for himself. And good for him and she's done like done wonders with him and his confidence and whatnot. But but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that mm. in a future episode. Um 
Anyway, Ward then tries to leave the country, but discovers that his uh, bank account, which previously had $25 million in it, remember, now has nothing in it. It's been emptied. Zero monies. He's skint. Yeah, this was a shock. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked that he was leaving in the first place, but... Well, we saw him earlier surfing the web looking at uh, resorts. Oh, yeah, and I, I know that, but like, I was still kind of surprised that, uh, even at that point like that he was wanting to leave, but it's, it's obvious that he's desperate just to get out from under his father's thumb, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if he didn't have that factor there, like he would not be in as bad a spot. But he's like, I, I just, I feel that he doesn't think that he has any other choice to do what his dad says or just leave. That seems to be his only two options at this point. But there's a third option, which you'll get to. Um, now, the uh, we find out that, the that, oh, so uh, Danny goes to uh, visit the hatchet men. And he gives them he gives them their third option. So like they've already been given the option by the hand to essentially join with the hand or die. <laughs> they don't want to join with the hand, so they're kinda of left out on their own. Um so Danny gives them a third option, which is to join with Danny and fight against the hand uh, in order to take down the heroin factory. Now, this is a weird weird type of situation that he's getting into because these are murderers. He's like essentially teaming up with, like, and not like not like killing the bad killing bad guys like the Punisher does, but these are just like murderers that kill people and have they're a gang, you know, like a Yakuza type gang. So like it's a bit, I think it's a bit shady for Danny to kind of like team up with them, but I don't quite know where his moral compass falls because it seems to waver a lot. The, well, and you, we could talk about, I mean, the show wavers a lot, especially going oh, forward, yeah. all right? I mean, from here on out, everything just goes completely batshit crazy. Um, I guess you could put it under the enemy of my enemy is my f- friend. Yeah, and you, I, you, you have to look for allies where you can get them. Desperate, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm making excuses here. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm. Um, you, some, you know, uh, he needs an army. Or he needs more than just him and Colleen. Mm. And I think he, I think he's kind of maybe justifies it to himself by going, well, okay, these people do kill people and people are going to die in amongst this, but the people that are going to be killed are people that work for the hand. Um, and so they are bad people, inherently bad people. But mm. when we see when we see the uh, them go to like the heroin plant and the we see the hatchet men attack the people that are working at the heroin plant, a lot of those people are just like they seem like just workers, you know. So and and like we saw with Danny earlier in the same episode. He allowed. He didn't injure that woman, the heroin salesman lady. He didn't. He didn't break her arm because he could sense that she was afraid of the hand people, and that's why she was working mm. for them. Now these people will be the exact same. So why is it okay to kill them, and what, as opposed to like just knocking them out and keeping them prisoner? You know, like he's he's okay with the killing of these people, but not the breaking of that lady's arm. 
Well, she she's more of a minion than uh you know she, she she's not, she's not a soldier. She as far as we know is not a killer. She is she's an administrative. You know. But, but she's, she's the she's, secretary to the hand. However, she's clearly trained in fighting though because she mm. does try to fight him. And so she's not like she's no match for like Danny's the Iron Fist, so she can't take him on. But she does try to fight him, so she has been trained by the hand to fight. Now, I would say if anything, she's probably worse than these people, because these people are are other pawns, and she's kind of like, I don't know, like maybe not quite a knight, or maybe she's like a rook or something like that, because she's involved in some levels of of managementy stuff with the numbers and whatnot. She's got access to all that stuff. So she's involved with that. These people are the absolute pawns that are just doing the hands bidding, making making the heroin. So mm. these people are probably just innocent people that have been like forced into servitude. Like I mean, we saw with Gao's workforce before that was making the heroin. She's blinded them all and made them work for her. You know, mm. so like that's essentially the same as killing those people. So there's some very like questionable morals going on with with what Danny's okay with with people doing it in his name effectively but yeah he's kind of just pointed them in the direction of the hand and went okay well you just like go and create a distraction for me whilst we go and get Radovan um, so so yeah uh, Danny and Colleen find uh, find Radovan and try to rescue him however he has already told Madame Gao how to make the heroin without him so there's the synthetic heroin that is the key to the hand's like business plan basically um, and conveniently, just at this moment, he dies and succumbs to his injuries. Right. It's very, very plot convenient point <laughs> that for me. But yeah, okay, well, whatever. Um, and amongst us as well, we do see that over at Rand, the board had held an emergency meeting and has opted to kick Joy Ward and Danny out of Rand entirely. And says that they'll the the head of the board, I forget the guy's name, um, basically says that they will never work at Rand ever again. So they've been booted off the board, so they won't have any say in the running of the company. Obviously, they'll still own their shares. Mm-hmm. Which, or Danny will still own, and Danny will still own fifty one percent of the company. So I mean, he could probably override that. I'm not quite sure how that works in business. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I'm not even going to get into that. But, I mean, potentially he could just appoint his own board because he owns the company. like Or he owns the majority of the company, anyway. Don't know how that works. No. If, if, you're, a, uh, if you're a multi-million dollar businessman who owns 51% of a massive company, please write in and let us know how that works. And hire <laughs> I'm sure us. I'm sure that's our demographic, Chip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Radovan died from his injuries and... Uh, we also find out that Madame Gao has gone to somewhere called, I think he said Run Chow, or so, somewhere, something like that, uh, which was, which is a place in China, and it was the place that Danny and his parents were headed to when their plane crashed. Yes. So it's all kind of coming full circle, and obviously Danny's going to have to go there, which he never got to go there before, because his plane crashed, and he ended up um, living with monks for 15 years. Uh, Ward once again goes to see Harold, and because obviously he realizes that well, Harold's clearly empty his account because you know that's the kind of guy Harold is. 
the first place you would go, well, I mean, maybe you wouldn't if, if it was ill-gotten money, but we'd go to the bank and be like, where's my fucking money? Where did it go? But maybe he's already done that step and he's worked out that it's it's Harold or he puts one and one, and one together and gets two. Um, and Harold mentions that he knows that Ward has been embezzling money for years and he's actually been helping him to hide it from, from the company and from the IRS and the tax man and whatnot. And Harold says to him, well, couldn't you have just gotten a mistress? It's much simpler. <laughs> now, like, Ward wouldn't really need to have a mistress because he doesn't have a girlfriend. True. Like, <laughs> so he didn't need a mistress. Like, of Harold, from saying that, clearly had a mistress on the side from his wife, which we know he had a wife at some point and whatnot, like, with the kids and, and everything, and she was around. Uh, but yeah, so he obviously had a mistress at some point, but Ward could have just gotten a girlfriend. Instead of embezzling all his money. Well, it's just a off the cuff, wise ass yeah. comment. I, yeah, so I mean, I, th- I think he more kind of means like, like a, a secret girlfriend, mm. like that was kept in the background, away from the press and whatnot. Because the world is obviously he's a powerful businessman, powerful enough that his goings on and dealings would be reported in magazines and whatnot. I assume. But yeah, couldn't couldn't you just have gotten a mistress? <laughs> uh, now Ward says in amongst us here that the the hap- the last happy day of his life was the day that Harold died, <laughs> which I can understand because as soon as he came back, like Ward's had to keep that secret mm-hmm. from his sister and whatnot, which has put him under a lot of pressure, and he's had to hide a lot of things from her and from other people in his life as well. And he's become Harold's possibly- bitch. And he's become Arrow's bitch, yeah. And I mean, this is probably why he's been unable to get a girlfriend because he's so messed up with all this other shit going on. Um, now, I wanted to come back to this embezzling thing, right? Because prior to this episode, we didn't have any clue of this. At all. Like, there was no hint towards it or anything. Do you, Now, do you think that the, char- the character of Ward was an embezzler type? No, but it didn't surprise me because he's been, you know, he he has his sleazy side, I'd say. I, I mean, he, he seems sleazy towards women. I'll, I'll give you that. But, like, there's there's probably a lot of business people that are like this. I mean, I'm sure I've, I've certainly met some over the years, and I'm sure you have as well. Um, but that doesn't mean they're embezzlers. Because there are womanizer. Well, I and I'm not I'm not uh, equating it to his womanizing, because he's lousy at womanizing. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it being his dad's company, with him running it, with him making millions of dollars a year in salary already. Plus the profits from uh, this, you know, ma- uh, making the company profitable and the stock uh, successful. What you know? Why would he do that? It's his own company. But I, you know, I, you know, I guess some people are greedy. I, it's pro- I, I think you're right though. Maybe it's just another because you know. Both at this point, uh, Harold, the Meachams just go completely in 50 directions at once. 
yep. at this point. And th- this is the start of the unraveling of the Meachams uh, and kind of the series. Yeah. So, uh, um, because, and we'll get to it in about 30 seconds, but, um, well, let's just, let's just finish the show and then we can come back and do this because we're right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, Harold's been helping him hide this embezzling for years. And um, he also says that Ward is Harold's creation and that he belongs to him, which is like, like okay, well, creation, fair enough. Like, you can't have a child without a, a, a father um, in some regard. And, you know, like, but belonging to him is a bit like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, you're my possession, you're my slave sort of thing, which... I mean, he's been absolutely treating Ward like that. Um, he does also mention, and amongst this, that the hand has also been using, as well as Rand, they've been using Roxon and Midland Circle mm-hmm. as uh, as fronts for their uh, as legitimate fronts for their like illegal business. The Roxon, obviously, uh, very common in in the MCU, certainly in in the TV universe. Anyway, we haven't seen, I don't think too much of them if anything in the in the movies but certainly we've seen a lot of them mentioned in shield and uh, agent carter and whatnot and i'm sure they were mentioned in uh, daredevil as well um midland circle has been mentioned here and there i believe daredevil went went to one of their buildings during season two of daredevil mm-hmm. daredevil went to one of the midland circle buildings during season two of Daredevil. yes yeah that, that's where the hole was yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's where the big hole was. That is the big hole. Their, their headquarters, so. Yep. Uh, and bear that in mind as well, going into Defenders. Um, but yeah, so obviously as well as Rand. Um, at this point, Ward picks up a knife off a table and uh, walks up to Harold and stabs him in the stomach a bunch of times, killing him. He And then he dumps Harold's body in the same place that he dumped the two handguns. And he seems to be happy again now. <laughs> now that Harold's out of his life, <laughs> and uh, and I think at this point the show has kind of jumped the shark. <laughs> well, like, did you notice character. like like uh, Ward's hairstyle seemed to like go totally goth at this point? I was watching. It's like uh, it, I mean his whole his face, his hair. All of a sudden, he's kind of like doing the. Uh, Keanu Reeves hairstyle. Yeah, and you know the the guy the he's had always had the same like uh, the same length of hair and whatnot throughout the mm. season. But like when he's been in the business meetings earlier on the season, and whatnot, he's had his hair like slicked back completely, yeah. like absolutely stuck down with gel or whatever, businessman style, looking suave, what when whatever. Yeah. But like when by the time you get to this point, he looks like he's uh, he's been that in the morning and then went out to like for drinks into a nightclub and this is now three days later and he's been at the nightclub for three days drinking and then his hair is like all kinds of crazy yeah and you know it's it, it he's got bangs and it, it looks <laughs> darker i was like it, it was just weird to see this and and maybe it's you know they're changing you know w- with his uh status change from helpless clueless flunky to bad dude maybe uh maybe they 
you know, well, they, but see that once again, they don't follow through because the next episode, you know, it's slicked back and he's business ward again. Um, but yeah, you, like after, after this, it was like after this episode, I expected like, okay, well, that's Harold out the picture now. Like, um, we know the hand is like the big bad, but like Ward's gonna be the intermediate bad because like he's just mm-hmm. killed Harold, who Danny's been working very closely with, and Danny sees him as a father figure. Danny's gonna be pissed off at Ward for this, and that's gonna lead to them coming to loggerheads, and they're gonna end up fighting. Now Ward clearly not a uh, not a fighter, never been trained or anything like that, so he's gonna need to find something else to give him an advantage over Danny. It's kind of the whole like Lex Luthor Superman sort of thing. So, but yeah, that that's not gonna pan out. <laughs> but that's the impression that this gives you that well, they've set Ward up to be mm. like a villain here. But instead, it's just like it's a real just like a plot point that they've used, and especially this whole thing with him being an embezzler that was mm. never mentioned before at all until this episode. This is the first point we've even seen him like look at this app on his phone about like, to see how much money he's got in his account. So I, I think this is something that they added in. To be like, okay, well, why didn't Ward leave at this point? Like, at this point, he's gotten to the to this stage of of his life where he feels so like controlled by his father that he would he would leave. Like any reasonable person would leave. So they've added this in, and they've had to like essentially retcon in that he was been an embezzler for years. Which I don't. I mean, everything we've seen of him, he's not an embezzler. Nothing in his character suggests that whatsoever. Okay, he's popped some pills. Fair enough. But that doesn't make him an embezzler. Nothing nothing before has suggested that at all. So they've added this in. And it feels... The the way this episode goes, it just like absolutely rushes through like these real like important plot points for his character. And just... They're just it makes him so throwaway that you might as well not have even bothered. Might as well have just had him at the start of the episode just walk up and stab uh, Harold in the chest for no reason, and it would have had the same effect. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it's it's just one of those things, and you know it's and as we go along, we're you know we're gonna point this stuff out because. Um. By the end of the show, you don't you don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. No. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, who, who do you root for? Is it because yeah. things change again and then they change again? And it's almost like a bad ping pong match because uh, your head starts to spin with who's who and what's what. Hmm. Because, I mean, at, at this point, like, up to this episode in the show, right? We've seen the we've seen the hand. They've been presented as the bad guy. These are the bad guys. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Uh, and Harold is being controlled by them, so he's on he's on the good guy side. And okay, he's killed two of the hand guys, and he's like a bit deranged with it and whatnot, and mashing up the faces and things. But these are the bad guys, so that's okay. You can mash up the faces. That's fine. And Danny's still going to him and giving him the information. Like, and he, him and Danny are teamed up, helping each other, and then Ward goes and kills him. So does that, like, align Ward with the hand against Danny? You know, like, is he the bad guy? So very confusing. And not that there's anything wrong with, like, a bit of kind of intriguing mystery and stuff like that, but when you when you force it in, like, so quickly like this, like, yeah, it just feels really unnatural to me. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense from, like, the from the plot that we've seen so far. Because it's been 
slow and plodding and like good methodical character development for for Ward and like for, for the other characters as well, and just for them to just flip it like in this episode was really weird. Yeah. Um, overall, what did you think of the episode? Um, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being, because <laughs> uh, I think I watched this and then immediately watched the next episode, and I think those two episodes kind of blended into one for me. Mm. Um, and I think it's the next episode that is really just goes off. It really goes off the rails. But this one is kind of okay up until that, up until the point where they basically revealed that Ward was an embezzler. Uh, apart from that, I was kind of okay with it. Like everything else that happens is is kind of understandable, and I did enjoy parts of it. There's not really any fighting per se in this. Like Danny fights one guy for like two seconds. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, you could have had Colleen like fighting Daryl in like a show match or something like that from graduating. They could have done something, but yeah, it's really just a very talky episode. Yeah, it's kind of the aftermath. It's sort of like if in the comic book, after you finish that epic uh, storyline, and you have the you know the the next issue is where you kind of have the follow up, the aftermath, the denouement, and start laying the framework for the next major storyline. Hmm. And so I think it's part that, and that's where I think. Yeah, yeah. There, this is like we said. There's just so many leaps of logic, uh, about faces, um, everything that uh, you know. There's some mysteries that just don't make you know that we're getting the first hints of that just don't make sense, and we'll hit those in a week or two. Um, hmm. But yeah, it was just it. it it was a filler episode. I mean, it's. I guess that's the wrong word because you do need the aftermath from from uh, the major storyline from the last episode, and you need to start building because you got to come out with another. You're contractually obligated to another seven episodes, so you have to make some story, but it's just. Uh, well, the second half storyline just isn't as strong as the first. No, and I, I, I mean it might. I, I think like the listeners might think that we're being like really overly critical of of this show, and specifically like of this episode, and probably going forward there will be a little bit more of this as well. But I mean, there's still good stuff in here to to uh, to to see and to talk about as well. But I, th- I think it's mostly because. The other shows have been so strong in their like world building and character development, and whilst we might not have enjoyed parts of them that much, like Luke Cage definitely mm-hmm. dragged on a bit, and never had any of these moments where you're like, no, like that this is like, this wouldn't happen, like this character wouldn't do this, like or or like oh it's just the show just went off the rails completely. Okay, Luke Cage got kind of boring, and they did have that like ridiculous Tin Man helmet shit in the last episode. But, you know, like, maybe he wanted to try and be, like, Loki. I don't know. But anyway, um, but in this show, it it does feel like a kind of jump the shark moment. Like, in this episode and the next episode when they flip everything about like this. And and I like plot twists, for sure. But mm-hmm. 
when not when they're like this and they're just like oh this isn't working let's do this instead and there's no like there's no background to it it's just like mm-hmm. what it doesn't make any sense plus we we need to we need to like give marvel shit when they when they do things that, that we don't like because we give them so much praise when they do things that we that we do like right and like like you and I, I mean i still like this overall i did like the series it's just yeah there's um i don't know they they they, they just they they stumble and the character stumbles um yeah quite a there's bit some moments and yeah and there's some moments and elements that just kind of fall flat mm-hmm. for, for me and uh, i'm sure for, for yourself as well and like it's what we've been talking about all, all along where like uh, iron fist is the main character of the show and he's really probably the, the least interesting character in the whole show <laughs> even though he's been like been through fire and like met this dragon and everything like certainly up to this point he is the dullest of the dishwater in this whole show Everyone, every other like main character is more interesting than him. Agreed. And and that's never more evident than in this episode because he's he's barely even in it. He's he's he has no personality. Hmm. End of, end of story. I mean, I think that's it. And um, he's a very deadpan character. He's. Yep. Season one, Grant Ward before uh, turn, turn, turn. Do you know I even liked the the season one Grant Ward more than I like this Danny Rand. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's the thing; he's so wooden, and like I said, that's how he came across to me in real life too. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason I call it Iron Douche now. But um, he, yeah, and I got I got to check. Um, I don't think did I tell you this story on last week's episode. My my good friend, uh, he must have gone. Like I said last week, Iron Douche refused to do the selfie photos uh, with mm-hmm. the autographs. Mm-hmm. Um, but later on Facebook, my uh, my good friend who was at the convention as well has a picture of him with Colleen and Iron Douche. Okay, was he smiling in the picture out of interest? Uh, I don't remember. Um, maybe. Um, but it was, it was like, so how did, how did he pull that off? Because, uh, you know, I, and it might be that I think there were professional photos and I don't know what that means. I guess somebody else takes a picture for you mm-hmm. and you know, you get a print or something. All right, right. Um, I have no idea, but. He uh, he actually, and he's in our Puzzle Quest Alliance. He's um, Starboy. Okay, right, yeah. So I don't know if you saw in the chat. He he handed uh, Iron Douche his phone and had him play a game of Puzzle Quest as Iron Douche. Hmm. So he had Iron Douche uh, play as Iron Douche. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's there's just unexpected, unexplained, unfathomable, um, just 
twists. And I, I mean, I understand plot twists. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. all for the unexpected. But some of these just don't make, you know, they don't make sense. So, um, I don't know. It was, you know, like I said, it was a needed, it was a necessary episode. I think they could have, um, spun, uh, maybe done it a different way or added something slightly exciting into it. But, um, so yeah, overall it was, it was just a meh episode. And, yeah, and coming off of the last episode, mm. which was fantastic, I, I think that I think that's part of the reason why uh, we kind of, um, you know, uh, aren't aren't as high on it. But yeah, I mean, overall, it sh- it, it just shows. I don't know what they did. You know, did uh, somebody leave? Um, the writing crew or the production crew uh, with episode six, because the whole, the whole uh, series just seems to change. Yeah. I uh, 100% agree. Like, uh, do you not think as well that like Danny never smiles? No. <laughs> do you not think that's weird? He never smiles. Even after like his whole thing with Colleen does not smile. Yeah. Like that, like usually that would make people happy. And I mean, she like, she smiles. She's happy. Mm hmm. And like when she's telling like Bakudo about like her and Danny, like she, I mean, she can't hide the fact that she's happy. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> she's like smiling ear to ear, and he's just like, "Yeah, uh, I'm Danny Rand. Like, yeah, I got laid. Cool. I don't I don't care." Like he's so like deadpan about even about even that, like like starting up this relationship with this like cool girl. Like it was really strange. <laughs> but I mean, if you look back to like Ella in the season when he first came back he he was like kind of in awe of stuff and he was smiling at stuff then but like after about episode three i don't think he smiled since then at all well you know and maybe maybe you know it's his training to uh Mm. suppress emotions uh, okay yeah. yeah but it it makes for a crappy uh character yeah, it does, yeah. Really born in deadpan. And, and I mean, this is why in the comic books, like, they paired up Iron Fist and Luke Cage together, which, I mean, at the time, but at the time they paired them up, they were both, both books were failing, yeah. And, yeah. I or mean, at least one of them was. And they, they paired them up in order to sell more copies of the book. And, like, it worked well as a team up. Mm-hmm. And the, I think that's what they need to do with the shows as well. Because, like, I mean, Luke Cage. It was a decent show, but like f- for me, it was not certainly not as good as Daredevil or Jessica Jones. And Iron Fist, to this point, certainly has been has been decent. But now they've gone down this route here, and they, this will only get worse as episodes go on. Um, they need to team these two characters up, a hundred percent. And you'll see that in in Defenders if you watch mm-hmm. Defenders as well. Their team up works hands down 100 percent, and this is where they should go with these shows instead of this yeah all right i guess we should wrap this one up oh gee, jesus yeah. andy we, we we haven't even looked at twitters yet 
No, oh, yeah. <laughs> because this is our source for news. It is, yes. It is. <laughs> and if, if for some reason I'm a little quieter tonight and I try to put the mic as close to me as possible, um, I'm having gout issues again. So I've been kind of having to try and keep my leg elevated. Um, let's see. Okay, uh, these are old. Let's move a little forward. Iron Fist was the second most viewed Marvel show on Netflix, apparently. This ties into what we were talking about earlier. Hmm. What was the most viewed one? Uh, now you're making me hit, actually. <laughs> I'm going to guess Daredevil, but let me see. Of course, the link he, the link on it. Uh, oh, maybe I hit wrong one. Give me a second. There we go. Um, Iron Fist was the second most watched. Daredevil season two. Okay. Yeah, that I mean that makes complete sense. That's probably the highlight of the of the Netflix show so far. So nice. Um, I saw something else here. Uh, Tom Von Lawler confirms a role as a villain in Infinity War. Who was that? Tom Vaughn? I don't know who that is. Yeah, neither do I. He's an undisclosed... Yeah, I don't know who he is. Hmm. Um, if he's in an undisclosed role, I'm sure we'll yeah. hear about it in due course. They think he's uh, one of uh, Thanos' uh, minions. Okay. There's sure to be a lot of those, so mm. look forward to seeing him being killed off at some point in the show, <laughs> in the in the movie. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow has been spotted on the set of Avengers Four. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. We'll not say any more about like what she was doing in it, but uh, could be interesting from plot things. Yeah. Uh, they did show a new uh, Punisher trailer, right? Uh, at the end of uh, at the end of Defenders, it was uh, I think it like it basically dropped the same day. So uh, I I assumed it was the end of Defenders and didn't want to watch it just for fear of any spoilers for Defenders. Uh, I can confirm it's safe to watch. You can watch it even if you haven't watched Defenders. It's fine. Um, the, but Netflix had a weird thing because like when. When I finished watching Defenders, I'm like, okay, well, this Punisher trailer will show. But it, like, it didn't stay. You know how Netflix, when you finish watching a show and it goes to credits, mm -hmm. like it minimizes it into the top left corner, mm -hmm. and then it will say, oh, like, watch these things next, right? And like it did. Usually, when it's like still got something to show you, it will stay big. 
until it's okay. until it's done, and then it'll ping up to the top left corner. Um, but for this one, like I knew the Punisher trailer was gonna be there, um, and it pinged it up to the top left corner. Like you know, like oh, so I had to go and like find, like go up and select it to bring it back down and watch it full screen, which was weird, because you would think that like they would leave it big to advertise their next show. But I assume it's just some sort of like glitch in their algorithm. Silly Netflix. But I mean, it's a very, it's you know, it's a it's a tone trailer more than anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't reveal anything. Tim Hernandez. Certainly safe to watch. Tim Hernandez uh, linked off to uh, an interview with Sean Gunn, saying that they expect uh, probably maybe in six months the script for uh guardians three will be done and production could start after that but it's a very loose timeline hmm. I, I did see an interview with james gone as well this week where uh, he was talking about uh the, the what what's going to be set up in guardians three hmm. um is is going to shape the next 10 to 20 years of the mcu going forward Yes, and it does. He did confirm as well that it, uh, Guardians Three does take place after Avengers Three and Four. Okay. So if you want to watch Guardians Three, you're basically going to have to watch Avengers Three and Four, so you can get the Guardians arc up to date. Because I mean, like that's a lot of things to pack in, and a lot of time space to pack in as well between Guardians Two and got Gu- and Guardians Three. Like if they go off and have two movies worth of adventures doing whatever happens in Avengers 3 and 4 like holy shit by the time you come back to Guardians there'll be there's going to be some massive changes mm-hmm. yeah but I mean that that kind of goes without saying don't you think but well yeah but like previously they've always tried to keep the franchises like you're able to watch them like from not having watched the other like shows or not the other uh, movies. Like if you look at Iron Man one, two, three, you could watch those without have without watching the Avengers movies in between, for sure. Captain America to a certain extent as well. Mm. And and Thor as well. So. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. It depends on how much of a quote unquote reboot. Everything is after uh, Avengers four. Very true, very true. Yeah. So I again, still a long time away, three years away for that. So it's a wait and see on that one. Um. All right. James Warren sent us an awesome Infinity War poster. And he also said he watched all eight episodes of Defenders, thought it was a great show, just wish it was longer. And he's going to leave uh, his thoughts over on Facebook, which I didn't see them over there yet. But Okay. Well, maybe he's not finished composing them yet if it's going to be longer. Um, and I'm being very careful because, I, like I said, I haven't finished Defenders yet. I hope to finish it this week. Hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to kind of stay and and we're going to leave a lot of our defenders talk for our defender show oh for sure um I'll, the, the one thing i will say is just about the like the eight episodes mm. it was it was perfect 
Like, they didn't need any more, they shouldn't have, like, so they didn't need any more and they shouldn't have any less. Like, eight episodes, uh, they were able to tell a story mm-hmm. and in a cohesive and interesting way and still, and still like, create some new threads for things going forward. Um, and I thought they did a great job of all of that. Now, like we've spoken before about some of the other shows potentially being too long by being, like, mm-hmm. 13 episodes, and they're obviously experimenting with it a wee bit with with uh, Defenders being shorter. They might do this for other shows going forward. Mm-hmm. And I I actually did read an article on that this week. Um, it was either a showrunner or a writer. Um, mm. And there were many reasons for doing that, but one of them was, A, the story lent itself to an eight-episode story arc. Yep. And the second thing is um, the schedules for for the various oh, yeah. characters um you know uh they were either about to start or had started or were in the middle of filming their own shows at the time yeah probably budget as well because i mean this yeah, is yeah. a big budget yeah. show you know even with just the cast like there's an enormous cast here of like of the known characters mm-hmm. <laughs> that are in amongst this even if they've all got lesser screen time there's still gonna be a huge amount of money paid out to these people Plus your CG and everything as well. This is what this is probably of of the Marvel shows we've done. This is the one that I'm looking forward to watching a second time. Mm, yeah, because all the episode, you know, all the episodes have been tight. Um, it's telling a great story. It's telling a great story properly. I haven't, been, you know, I haven't been bored or distracted or lost interest in the show uh which i can't say especially on the second viewing uh which i can't say for any of the other uh marvel shows um but uh we'll we'll save the defenders talk but yes i think you know eight episodes well i can't comment on that because i haven't seen the last two episodes yet so we'll, we'll <laughs> save that but um, you know, if, and I, I, I hope they do do that going forward, but at the same time, Netflix expects some, you know, a certain amount of product and, yeah. uh, you know, so you either need to figure out a more interesting way to, uh, to, uh, expand your story arc or you need to talk to Netflix. Yeah, I mean Netflix will be looking like they're obviously looking at the analytics mm-hmm. of it all as well, and I'm sure there's people that didn't finish like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, like they would have potentially they may have potentially finished it if it was only eight episodes. So say like they got to episode six mm-hmm. and were like, yeah, you know what, this is not really for me. Um, I'll just skip the rest. Like. Or I'll maybe come back to this, and they mm. never do. But if they've only got two episodes left to watch, uh, then if they're at episode six, they're most of the way there. Like they, they'll, for the most part, most people would 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 finish that because it's only two episodes. It's not a massive commitment. Mm-hmm. But if you're halfway, decide you don't like it, you can drop out at that point and not feel like even like, not feel that bad about it. Like you haven't invested as much, or it doesn't feel like you've invested as much. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think we've talked enough about Netflix. Yeah, we're well, yeah. no numbers. <laughs> All right. So, um, 
Andy, when you're not embezzling millions of dollars from your company, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, you can try to you can find me trying to embezzle Ali out of millions of pounds of of money. We use pounds over here. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. I think we'd be noticed if I tried to embezzle dollars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find me doing that every Tuesday on F42 Level One. Uh, we broadcast live on allgames.com, 4:30 Eastern, 9:30 uh, Greenwich Mean Time, with 1:30 Pacific. Um, we talk everything, movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. And you can find all our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, and allgames.com archive. And you can find me Tuesday nights as well on allgames.com, doing the B-Team podcast at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, where we discuss games, tech, movies, TV. Check it out. It's uh, it's with my co-host, uh, Fred Rojas. Rojas. Ryan and Eli, and like I said, games, tech, movies, and TV. And you can also find me Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, on Knuckleballer Radio, which is on allgames.com as well, with my co-host Eli and Sean Freeman, where we talk just about anything. We're rebooting the show, and uh, we, as far as I know, plan to do, go back on the air this Thursday. Nice. So, but I'm waiting to hear from Sean as to when are we, are we having our talk and what are we actually changing, <laughs> <laughs> and are we recording a new intro or not? Um, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, check it out. It's I I love doing the show. I, uh, it's a lot of fun and it's a chance to talk about things other than video games and comic books and comic book TV shows. Um, and I guess that's it. I guess we're out of here. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm getting tired and my foot's hurting. So uh, we'll, we will see you guys next week. And I don't care. Hmm. I don't care how many bodies you got to put in the truck, the trunk, or, the, or in Andy's case, the boot. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't touch. Lola. Night, guys.
Trunk opener. A body drone. There you go. There you go. All right. Let me shut this off. Where the hell's the button? Don't touch the button. No, not that button. 